Doesn't that song make you happy? If it doesn't make you happy, um, it's a good thing you're at church. You need to. You need some. You need Jesus. You guys, it is almost Christmas time. We are in the Christmas season, the season of Advent. Everybody say Advent. You guys say it like you're in the Shakespearean era. Ready? Advent. There it is. I like it. Now. <clears throat> If you're not familiar with Advent, it is the days leading up to Christmas, um, and it is a part of what we call Christian liturgy. And liturgy is basically a word, a fancy word for saying it's the rhythm, it's the discipline, it's the practice that we uh, have as a church community. So every season uh, in Advent, uh, there are some common things that we like to do. And so what we've been doing is working through a series called the problem with Christmas, which is kind of a funny title if you think about it, because Christmas is supposed to be this happy, great, exciting time, and it is. So wait, what's the problem with Christmas? Uh, we want to spend some time identifying a couple things that we might miss, we often miss, during the Christmas season. And for whatever reason, uh, maybe it's because we're distracted, maybe it's because we have a lot of things going on, maybe it's just because we don't really know what Christmas is all about, but either way, we want to spend some time on Sunday mornings focusing on these things so that we don't miss them. Does that make sense? You feel good? Let's dive in today. Uh, I want to talk about preparation for Christmas time, preparing for Christmas. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm going to assume if you get into the Christmas spirit, there's probably like a routine of preparation. What I mean by that are there are things that you, you may tend to do um, to get yourself psyched up for Christmas. So let me tell you about when I was young, when I was your age, some of the ways that I would prepare for Christmas. Now, it starts at the end of Thanksgiving. It starts right there because you got to begin and capitalize on all the movies and all the food and all that stuff because otherwise those 25 days disappear and then they're gone and you have to wait for another year. So right after Thanksgiving, I would like, me it was me and my sister. Like, and here's, here's kind of the thing that I've realized about Christmas is my sister would drive me crazy. Does anybody ever argue with your siblings? Yeah, some of you guys. But here's, here's the thing that I realized in, in my own life is I would like, I would struggle with my sister most of the time, but then in Christmas time, I would kind of change. Like I would be a little bit more kind and a little bit more generous toward her. It was like we were actually friends that kind of loved each other a little bit. And, uh, and that was a, a uh, that's how I would prepare for Christmas. Maybe for you, it's like, okay, yeah, you, you spend... You spend most months of the year, you're like, you like kind of, you pretend to love people and care for them. But, but during Christmas time, it's like you kind of pretend a little bit less. It's a little bit more real, right? Like that was, that was almost me like, okay, no, 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 there's something changing. There's something happening. And so I would, I would hang out with my sister. I say, hey, my sister's name is Melanie. I say, hey, Melanie, you want to like, you want to come watch a movie with me? And like that was rare because I kind of hated her for most of my childhood. And she'd be like, what? Me? And I'd be like, yeah, you, come watch a Christmas movie with me. And she'd get all excited. Yes, I can't wait. And she'd sit down by the couch. Like, no, 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 you sit a little bit closer to me. And I'd put my arm around her like, oh, we're a happy family. And we'd watch Christmas movies and be so excited. And then it'd be like, oh, let's go make Christmas cookies. Do you guys make Christmas cookies? Does anybody have like the, your, your all-time favorite Christmas cookie? Shout it out on the count of three. What your all-time favorite Christmas cookie? You got to have it. One, two, three, go. There's a lot of different opinions in here, you guys. Here is mine. Here is mine, and I'm, I'm sticking to it no matter what. I'm sure yours are good. A classic no-frosting sugar cookie. 
Okay, yeah, no frosting. The frosting, bah, not, not into that. But if you're saying that sounds terrible, it's because you haven't had my classic frostingless Christmas cookies. They're wonderful. But you guys, I would spend time preparing for Christmas. One of our traditions when I was young is we would put up the tree, and then the first night that the tree was up, my sister and I would camp out by it. We'd get our sleeping bags and sleep next to the tree, and it was just... It was like one of our ways of preparing for Christmas. We just had our traditions. Now, maybe your traditions are different, but either way, I think you get what I'm saying when, when we talk about preparing for Christmas. All of a sudden, the mood changes. Your, your excitement, your anticipation um, changes, and you get really, really hyped for Christmas. That's how we prepare. But uh, I want to read a passage in Scripture because uh, in, the, in the Gospel of Mark, we actually see why we prepare for Christmas, why this thing that we seem to do every single year is actually a good thing that's tied to what God wants us to do. So let's read this passage in Mark chapter 1. It says this, this is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written. So this next part is a quote from the Old Testament, a quote from the book of Isaiah. It says, look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. Now, you might read that and think, oh, Jesus. No, 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 it's not talking about Jesus. Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will, what does that word say? Prepare. He will prepare your way. It says this, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness. What is that word again? Prepare. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. And it says this, this messenger was John the Baptist. So John the Baptist has this role he has to fulfill from ancient scripture of basically helping the people prepare for the arrival of Jesus. So this way, this this preparation that we seem to get into every single year is actually something deeply rooted in our faith, okay? But it says this, it was John the Baptist and, and he was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented, we're gonna talk about that word in a second, of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. So when we, when we get familiar with Christmas, when we really ask the question, you know, what, is, what does God think about our rhythms, the things that we do during this season? One of the huge pieces is preparation. We have to somehow prepare. That's what scripture wants us to do. John the Baptist had a very important mission to get the people ready for the arrival of Jesus, which kind of begs the next question. The most important question is this. How do you, quote unquote, prepare the way for the Lord's coming? That's a, that's a word from scripture. But sometimes does it ever feel like you read the Bible and it's just kind of churchy? Like you read the Bible and it's like, oh yeah, that sounds like something you'd say in church, something that you might sing up on stage, but I don't actually know what that means. And I think that that's an important thing to, to recognize. If, if, you don't, if you're not familiar with this, let's dive in. How do you, quote unquote, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Like I, I never woke up one morning when I was a kid and, and, my, and I walked down to have breakfast with my family and they say, hey Matt, how, how are you? And I just said, I'm great, mother, father, I am preparing the way for the Lord's coming. Like I've never had, I've never said that. That feels very unnatural, right? But, but that's the scripture that we read. That's the way that we, we see these words on, on the pages. And so how do we make a connection in our own lives with what this was actually happening? So here, I wanna actually tell a story real quick. I've, here's a phrase. Um, here's a phrase that you may have said at one point in your life. Ask your mom if I can spend the night. Have you ever said those words to a friend, right? 
you're, you're hanging out and you're saying like, oh man, like this day we have together is so fun, but I don't want it to end. I want to have a sleepover. But you can't just invite yourself. So you kind of tell your friend, hey, ask your mom if I can spend the night. Let's have a sleepover. Like this is going to be so cool, right? And so like that, I did that all the time. I said, hey, ask, ask your mom if I can have a sleepover. So I remember one time in particular, I was hanging out with this buddy and it was great. We were having an awesome time. I didn't want it to end. It, like the clock was ticking and I knew, oh, like my mom is gonna call and she's gonna say, hey, are you ready to be picked up? And I don't wanna go home. I just wanna stay here. So I went to my buddy. I said, hey, ask your mom if I can spend the night. And he did. And his mom said Yes, score, I'm so pumped. And from that point on, like then you kind of have to figure out what's next because I didn't have a bag packed or I didn't have you know, all, all the stuff that I needed, but it didn't matter because I was gonna hang out with my buddy and we we're gonna spend the night. Now, have you, ever, have you ever spent the night at someone's house and it was kind of fun, it was really fun at first, but then you, it, it just kind of became not so fun anymore, like you kind of became homesick. So here's this one story, here's this time. I, I told my buddy, hey, ask your mom if I could spend the night. I came over, but he wasn't prepared. Like, he wasn't really, he didn't know that I was going to ask that. And so when we got there, it was like, oh, man, I'm starving. What are we going to have for dinner? And, like, they didn't really have, like, any food options. They're like, oh, well, we can kind of, you know, we have some leftovers from the night before. And I was a little like, oh, bummer, you know, because sometimes when you're preparing for a sleepover, you're prepared for it. You, like, choose, oh, we're going to order pizza and wings and, like, have Sundays and all this awesome stuff. But because it just kind of sprung it up on him, it was like, oh, man, we get to have, like, leftover casserole. Ah, oh, gross. Not so good. I was, And, you know, like, sometimes you have your own casseroles and you love them at home, but when you have someone else's casserole, you're like, this is barf, like not good, right? So I had to, like we had to eat this meal and I was a little bit disappointed and, and uh, we, you know, we're, we're spending some time like hanging out and then all of a sudden it's time to go to bed. But again, because he wasn't prepared, because I just sprung this upon him, he wasn't really ready for me. Like I didn't really have a, a, a spot to sleep. And, um, and you know like how you, you go to someone's house and, and generally like if you're expecting company, like you kind of clean up. Well, I was at my buddy's house and his room was a mess and a little bit stinky, if I could be honest with you guys. And so he kind of was like, oh, well, you know, like you can just kind of sleep on the floor over here. And like, oh man, so I'm like sleeping on the floor next to his dirty laundry and stinky socks. And I'm like, and I just kind of started to feel like this was a bad idea. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I kind of want to go home. And I realized it's because he wasn't really prepared to host me. Now, on the other side of that, like, I think about how I respond. So if I know someone's going to be coming to my house. So, for example, we just had our baby. Yay, she's awesome. See her later. But uh, Leah's parents came into town to help us and, and to visit and, and to be a part of the experience. And I was so excited. But we knew that they were coming, and so we had to prepare our house. We had to prepare our house for guests. So long in advance, we spent a day cleaning and we spent a day doing all the laundry and making sure that the bed sheets were clean and making sure that everything was presentable. And, you know, we obviously know our family well enough to know the things that they like to eat. And so we kind of stocked up our fridge full of their favorite foods. And Leah's dad is like really strict about his coffee. And we got to make sure we have the right kind of coffee, the right, you know, all, all this stuff. And we were able to prepare for it because we were anticipating their arrival. Now, what I love about that experience is it's fun to play host if you play it well. 
It feels, there's something that feels good about like when you have prepared your space, your home for someone, and they come in, they feel cared for, right? It's like, wow, this place looks great. Oh, that's my favorite food, like all that stuff. It feels like, wow, I'm taking care of them. You guys, that's the same idea that we have to learn from in scripture. That when John the Baptist is talking about, hey, prepare the way for the Lord's arrival, it's almost like this massive spiritual sleepover. It's like, okay, Jesus is coming, Jesus is on his way, but are you gonna just like, are, are you not gonna be ready for him? Are you not gonna like have a room for him, so to speak? Are you not gonna really care that he's showing up? Or are you like, oh man, Jesus is coming. Jesus, I, I gotta, I want this place to be spotless. I wanna like work really hard to impress him, to make him feel comfortable, to make him feel at home. Now, we think about that in a literal sense. Like, okay, Matt, you're saying I gotta go home and clean my dirty room. Do that, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying like in a spiritual way, in your heart, we have to prepare space, prepare a room for Jesus when he comes to stay with us. So here's what I'll, here, here, here are the other pieces to this that I wanna talk through. Um, go ahead and jump to the next slide. Uh, specifically, when we're, we're using this word prepare, okay, how do, we, how do we do that, Matt? Like how do we prepare for Jesus' arrival? Because he's already come. Like this is an event in history we celebrate from thousands of years ago. So we don't really have to prepare. No, 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 that's, that's not true. In fact, there are two things that John the Baptist talks about, the ways that we prepare even to this day. Even though we're not literally trying to set up a room for Jesus to stay in, these are the ways that we prepare our hearts and our minds um, and our spirit for Jesus. Number one is confess. We all have sin in our lives. And sometimes we, we think our faith is all about trying to look perfect and, and act perfect and hide all this stuff that's not very good, not, not very Jesus-like. Well, that's not the practice that the scripture has. The scripture says, no, 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 confess those things. Don't hide them. Share them with the people around you, the people that care for you, the people that will support you. Because by confessing our sins, which we all have, then, then that way it's kind of like we're starting to recognize and be free from them and not, not be controlled by them, by getting them out and telling the people around us. And the other thing is, is uh, repent. No, 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 stay on that. Uh, the, other, the other piece is repenting. Repenting is basically a, a churchy word for just turn, just turn around and go the other way. So if I'm doing something bad, if I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be doing, it's like I'm going this direction, and I'm like, wow, I really wanna do this thing that's really not so good. Repenting is basically saying, no, no, no I'm gonna turn away from that bad thing, and I'm gonna turn back to God. In fact, the, the Bible literally says um, from, from John's message, turn back to God. Those are the two things that we should do during this Christmas season. We should confess, and we should turn back to God. And here's the opportunity that we have. Sometimes you feel guilty, like, oh man, it's been a long time since I've talked to God. Man, I've, I've made some big mistakes the last couple weeks or even months, or even you look back on the whole year and you're like, oh, I feel like it's one big spiritual mistake. You guys, the, the, the blessing of Christmas, the, the blessing of this Advent season is that it's like kind of a, a way of God saying, yeah, yeah, I get it, you, you make mistakes, but now's the time to fix it. Now's the time to repent, to turn back to me, to kind of steer your life in the right direction once again. And I need that reminder, you guys. Every Christmas season, there's never been a Christmas season that I've ever been like, oh, I don't need to repent. I don't need to turn back to God. I don't need to confess. No, every season, these are the practices that I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I, I love the presents and the movies and the cookies and all that stuff, but I really wanna do what Christmas is all about. It's about turning back to God. And that's what I think we should do as a church, as a community. So here's the last thing. Prepare your hearts for the arrival 
of Jesus this Christmas. That's a simple step that I have for you guys. Prepare your hearts for the arrival of Jesus this Christmas. Maybe not a physical arrival as much as a spiritual arrival. Say, God, I want you to arrive in my life. I want you here, God. I want your spirit. I want, I want Jesus to, to guide me, to lead me. And I need to prepare a room for that. I need to kind of clean up things a little bit. I need to, and it's not to say that you have to make your life perfect before God, but it's simply saying like, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna prepare space. I'm gonna prepare room. I'm gonna make sure that I'm ready. When Jesus is saying, hey, I'm here, I'm here for you, that I'm like, hey, I've been waiting. I'm, I'm ready too. So uh, we're gonna actually worship and, and um, close out in, in a song of reflection. And so just go ahead and close your eyes. Let me pray over us. Um, and my challenge to you guys is this. What, what way can you be preparing for Christmas this season? What way can you be preparing for the arrival of Jesus? What way can you, can you identify the things that you need to repent or turn from in order to uh, steer your life back in the direction that leads you to Jesus? God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word in the gospel of Mark. And, uh, and it's something that we, we may miss, that this, this message that was sent from John the Baptist to, to the people to prepare, prepare. We have to, we have to accept that message for ourselves, God. We, we want to be prepared as well. We want, we want to be spiritually prepared. We want our hearts to be prepared. Because maybe, maybe the last couple weeks or months or even this whole year, um, we've gotten a little bit distant from you, God. Maybe we've, maybe we've made some decisions that, that you don't really like or support, and, um, and maybe we can recognize that to the point of saying, it's time to change. It's time to, to redirect my life back to God, and, and maybe we just need a, a helping hand. Maybe we just need the, to know the next step, and so, God, I pray that you will make that clear to us, that you will give us a sense of inspiration in this moment to... Um, to have the courage to say yes, like, God, I, I want to return back to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.